Good morning. This is the Patriot Trading News Hour. I am your host, Jason. We are filling in myself and Brian. Joe had an appointment that had to be uh, taken care of before next week when he makes his trip to Colorado. But uh, we're here in Colorado. Got the uh, the nice, cold, 20-degree uh, weather going on here. Uh, we're happy to be uh, broadcasting in Arizona. Brian, are you, uh, are you on? Indeed I am, Jason. Good morning, Arizona, and wherever else this transmission's reaching. Yes, it's a it's a nice frosty morning here along the, the eastern front range this morning. Yes, yeah, so uh, we're running uh, the Colorado office for uh, Joe. We, uh, we came on in, in uh, February and March, and uh, we've been uh, getting this uh, Colorado office up and running. It's been, it's been an exciting year for, for myself and Brian, uh, taking on this new adventure and uh, we get the, uh, the occasional chance to do the uh, Arizona show and that's one of the reasons that uh, Joe wanted to have uh, some other guys on so that hey instead of you guys having the uh, repeat of yesterday we can come on today and we can uh, talk about what's going on in the markets a little bit and today we're going to bring you a little bit of conspiracy stuff which we like to cover on our show on a regular basis but uh, this is uh, this is what we do I mean Brian you can uh, you any thoughts on that? Yeah, well, you know, we, we regard that as, uh, well, just a little, little history for those. Most of you probably already know that. But the term conspiracy theory was concocted after the JFK assassination to as a pretty effective means of discrediting any any questioning, anything that didn't uh, go along with the, with the, quote, official narrative of, of things that have happened. So, you know, I like to, I like to start off my conversations uh, when the cons- word conspiracy theory, I guess that's two words, right, <laughs> when that comes up to give that little bit of uh, that little factoid because, you know, how dare any of us really ask any questions, right? Exactly, exactly. And uh, Brian and I were uh, chosen by Joe because of certain qualities that he was looking for uh, to, to do his shows, and uh, I think he likes our different spin uh, on how we view uh, the the news around us. And what I'd like to do is we're going to uh, cover the markets real quick. Uh, we we do have some gold and silver. Uh, I think well, I know we have gold that we want to try to sell to you guys today. Uh, gold is up today, eight dollars and thirty cents so far. Uh, we got silver up fifteen cents. Gold at twelve forty-five and fifty cents. Silver is at fourteen dollars and fifty-nine cents. Uh, Joe and, and our show in Colorado ran some ten-dollar liberties. Uh, if you, correct me if I'm wrong, Brian. I think they were, uh, I think, I think six seventy-five. We, we're going to go up to six uh, eighty today because uh, gold's up eight and a half bucks. Uh, we want to make sure that we can cover ourselves. Uh, you know, that's that's the way we are a uh, beholden to the markets like anybody else. Sometimes Joe can hold those prices. I, I wasn't given any. Uh, specific instructions to keep the price the same, but we still have those available, uh, $680 bucks per coin, those $10 gold liberties, and I believe we had, uh, Brian, do you remember uh, some $20 liberties also? Yes, the $20 liberties uh, yesterday, I believe they were thirteen twenty-five. is what I have. We're going to keep that price, so if you want to buy the the, uh, the $20 liberties, we're going to keep that price at thirteen twenty-five. The number you call is one 800 951 Zero five nine two. You can go to allamericangold.com. Uh, Arlene, I, I believe, is in the office. I haven't spoken to her today, but I believe that's who's going to be answering the phones. And uh, hey, I mean, this is a great time in in uh, history in my mind. Uh, on our show, I say it's the good old days. There's these there's these parts in the market, the gold market, where these these sections of time where 
the gold prices, I think, sort of settle at like what I consider a low price where it's one of those times where years in the future, you're like, man, that would have been the time to buy. That's what we're in. We're in the good old days because five years from now, 10 years from now, they'll be looking at 2018, 2017, 2016 is, is these times where I sh- you should have bought and you should have bought heavy. This is what you need to be putting your wealth insurance in. This is how you protect all that uh, that hard work, that little extra that you scrape aside beyond your monthly bills. This is how you protect it. I mean, I had just just for the audience, a uh, quick short story before the break. I had a, uh, a customer come in with his daughter, and she's like, Dad, what are we here for? And uh, he bought a roll of quarters. So I popped one of those quarters out, and I was like, well, can you tell me how much a gallon of gas is today? And she doesn't drive. She's like, I don't know. I was like, well, you, you, you've driven by the sign. She's like, yeah, I think it's like 2 dollars 5 or $3. And I showed her the silver quarter. I said, well, uh, this this here, you know, a, a regular quarter that you see in your pocket, that's gonna that's not going to get you a gallon of gas. But this one your dad's getting, it bought you a gallon of gas in 1964, and it will buy you a gallon of gas today. It didn't lose its value because it's silver. And uh, this, these are some of the things, try, try to help the younger generation to understand commodities because they are not teaching this stuff in the schools, right, right Brian? That's, that's, that's right. I mean, we, we homeschool our children. We've been blessed and fortunate to be able to do that. And uh, I noticed that the uh, Abeka uh, homeschool curriculum that we've, we've used throughout the years, they are very heavy on history, and I know that they touch on uh, the, the, some of the gold and, history, uh, gold and silver history that uh, I don't remember getting much. Maybe I wasn't paying attention in public school, but I don't, I don't recall getting much of that myself. Myself, I didn't get any of that either, and I believe that we've had several generations of just uh, kind of washing that away, uh, and, and it's left to just a few people out there that know what this is about. And, and then, I mean, look, Patriot Trading's been on the air for 23 years shouting out this message, trying to help people out. And in the nine months that I've been dealing with customers here in Colorado, I think uh, that this is getting to be more of a topic that people are getting interested in because they know that there's not a lot of ways to protect their money and then and, and protect themselves in the future. So once again, call in to get those gold coins, 1-800-951-0592. We are coming uh, on the other side of the break uh, with a story. Did a military experimental vaccine in 1918 kill 50 to 100 million people blamed as the Spanish flu? We will be right back with that. You, Everybody, stay tuned. Welcome back to the Patriot Trading News Hour. I am your host, Jason, joined with my co-host, Brian. Remember the number to call, 1-800-951-0592. We have $10 gold liberties for $680 and $20 liberties for $1325. You can call the number or go to allamericangold.com. Now, when we uh, were, were coming, out of the, uh, coming into the break there, we uh, teased the story. Did a military experimental vaccine in 1918 kill 50 to 100 million people blamed as the Spanish flu? One of the reasons that, uh, just to give uh, the Arizona audience uh, a little heads up on how we choose our stories, we like we like the numbers and the economic news that Joe brings. We really like to cover kind of like uh, the results of government policies, what what happens when the Federal Reserve takes over the economy and does a lot of damage? And we bring stories like this out because, you know, it's, it's, it's hard to believe or trust in the government anymore. And with the Federal Reserve controlling what they do, uh, it's, 
it, 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 things like this come out, you know, historically, you see these things that have happened in years past, and it, it drives Brian and myself nuts. I mean, Brian, what, I guess you can uh, concur with that. That's uh, that's indeed what the, the the motivation is for sure. It's the you know as Dr. Stan, Stanley Monteith used to say the the story behind the story. That's really what what gets my attention. Again, Joe Joe does a, a studious job presenting the the financial information and really his his what I think is spot on take of of where things are going based on that. And so it's kind of hard to compete with with the fine job that he does so I think it's a natural fit that uh, like you said Jason you and I we, we, we look and Joe, Joe does too we, we, we look beyond the, the financial information but uh, it seems consistently like the Federal Reserve and this debt based system that's not just limited to the United States but around the world sure seems to be behind so much of the calamities that, uh, that kind of get covered up with different beards different cover stories as to what really happened Definitely, definitely, and and uh, just just to the listening audience, I was expecting Joe today came in late, and uh, fake news Friday, which we considered doing, but we decided to put it off for one week. This was a kind of a spur of the moment, last minute uh, decision to get us on the air today. So we're we're going to skip fake news Friday. This is a nice little long article that we're going to cover, but uh, you know, we'll we'll have it again. What are you going to say, Brian? Yeah, sorry, Jason. I would just I would just say, you know, we, we've we've been I've been light on the puffery as far as kind of rubbing it in Joe's nose for the past several weeks, and and no, he's not going to the doctor because of the beating that that uh, that Colorado's been delivering as far as Fake News Friday. But uh, just wanted to <laughs> throw that out there. Yeah. By the way, yeah, Colorado Colorado is on a three win uh, three game win streak there. I guess if you if you count Brian as winning the last three, so we'll we'll uh, we'll venture into that territory next week. Uh, let's get back to this. Did a military experimental vaccine in 1918 kill 50 to 100 million people blamed as the Spanish flu? The Spanish flu killed an estimated 50 to 100 million people during the pandemic of 1918 and 1919. What if the story we were told about this pandemic isn't true? What if instead the killer infection was neither the flu nor Spanish in origin? Newly analyzed documents reveal that the Spanish flu may have been a military vaccine gone wrong. In looking back at the 100th anniversary of the end of World War I, we need to delve deeper to solve this mystery. Summary. The reason modern technology has, has not been able to pinpoint the killer influenza strain from this pandemic is because influenza, more soldiers died in World War I from disease than they did of bullets. The pandemic was not flu. Uh, an estimated 95% or even higher of the deaths was caused by bacterial pneumonia, not an influenza virus. The pandemic was not Spanish. The first cases of bacteria pneumonia in 1918 trace back to a military base in Fort Riley, Kansas. During, uh, let's see, from... From January 21st to June 4th, 1918, an experimental bacterial meningitis vaccine cultured in horses by the Rockefeller Institute for medical research in New York was injected into soldiers at Fort Riley. During the remainder of 1918, as those soldiers, often living and traveling under poor sanitary conditions, were sent to Europe to fight. They spread the bacteria at every stop between Kansas and the front-line trenches in France. One study described soldiers with active infections who were aerosolizing the bacteria 
that colonized in their noses and throats, while others, often in the same breathing spaces, were profoundly susceptible to invasion of the rapid spread through their lungs by their own, uh, by their own, and, uh, by, by their own and others colonizing bacteria. The Spanish flu attacked healthy people in their prime. Bacteria pneumonia, bacterial pneumonia attacks people in their prime. Flu attacks the young, the old, and the sick. When World War I ended in uh, November 11, 1918, soldiers returned home uh, to their home countries, colonial outposts, spreading the killer bacteria pneumonia worldwide. During World War I, the Rockefeller Institute also sent the, uh, the anti-meningital cockle serum to England, France, Belgium, Italy, and other countries, which helped spread the epidemic worldwide. Brian, what do you what do you can't what do you we'll, we'll take a break. What do you think of that so far? Well, big, big key words in that are the Rockefeller Institute and what I've heard described before as uh, as modern medicine, which is really a a, uh, a byproduct of Rockefeller medicine, the 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 pharmaceutical approach to things. And I'm not here knocking all pharmaceutical products. Some have their place, but boy. In the pursuit of, uh, of profits, and I, I think there's even more nefarious reasons behind it, just coincidentally. But yep. Well, and, and look at the pharmaceutical uh, lobby in Washington. Look at how much money that that uh, lobby and then that uh, that industry makes on a year-to-year basis. I mean, I, I mean, right, Brian? You watch TV and you see these these new. Uh, these new medicines on TV, and they have like a laundry list of all the things they can do, and, and basically it'll kill you, right? That, that's right. The death uh, is often one of the uh, whispered side effects as they're quickly, rapidly uh, reading the fine print that uh, you, you would otherwise read. And that's after seeing a you know, family or, or members of a family joyously uh, springing along a beach and uh, with uh, supposedly benefiting from, the, from whatever the pharmaceutical product is. But uh, ask your doctor about this. Uh, yeah, big money. <laughs> All right, let's go a little further into this. Uh, during the pandemic of 18, 1918 and 1919, the so-called Spanish flu killed 50 to, American, 50 to 100 million people, including many soldiers. Many people do not realize the disease killed far more soldiers on all sides than machine guns or mustard gas or anything else associated with World War I. I have a personal, and this is the, the writer of the article, I have a personal connection to the Spanish flu. Among those killed by disease in 1918-1919 are members of both my parents' families. On my father's side, his grandmother, Sadie Hoyt, died from pneumonia in 1918. Sadie was a chief yeoman in the Navy. Her death left my grandmother, Rosemary, and her sister, Anita, to be raised by their aunt. Sadie's sister, Marion, also joined the Navy. She died of the quote-unquote influenza in 1919. On my mother's side, two of her father's sisters died in childhood. All of the family members who died lived in New York City. I suspect many American families and many families worldwide were impacted in similar ways by the mysterious Spanish flu. In 1918, influenza or flu was the was a cat call uh, term for the disease of no, unknown origin. It didn't carry the specific meaning it does today. It meant some mysterious disease which dropped out of the sky. In fact, influenza was uh, is from the medieval Latin influential 
in the astrolog- in the astrological sense, meaning a visit a visitation under the influence of the stars. So it was kind of the way they 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 spun it. There you go. There's there's 1918 spin for you, and they uh, here it is. They they create this uh, this thing for meningitis, and then, and the soldiers go and spread this thing all over the world, killing people, and they spin it to uh, oh, it just it's just this thing that happened, right, Brian? Well, that's yeah, indeed. And I, and I was remembering. I don't remember the details, but I remember reading something about ten years ago that there was a study that suspected that the uh, the aspirin that had just become the the patent ran out and was generically available and was being overused. Um, and and those that know history, and especially the the British Navy and the advantage that the British Navy had because of uh, the vitamin C that the the sailors would get from limes that gave them a, an advantage over other navies with the the, the strength of their their sailors um, that that was t- kind of tying that back that the uh, the over overuse of aspirin in 1918 during during or after World War One was uh, considered also a contributor to you know scurvy and basically people's bodies not being as healthy as they normally would uh, especially in the, the scene of the the, the you know, World War One battle using aspirin to to help relieve people's pain or whatever whatever they were dealing with that's uh, that's also I wonder what kind of a contributor that was. Yeah, exactly. So uh, let me go a little further into this. Uh, why is what happened 100 years ago important today? Between 1900 and 1920, there was an enormous effort underway in the industrialized world to build a better society. I will use New York as an example to discuss three major changes to society which occurred in New York during that time and their impact on mortality and infectious diseases. By the way, this is an article from Lou Rockwell. If anyone's interested, I didn't recover that at the beginning. So here's some things that uh, that, are, that, that makes it important today to, to understand what happened. Number one, clean water and sanitation. In the late 19th century through the early 20th century, New York built an extraordinary system to bring clean water to the city from the Catskills, a system still in use today. New York City also built over 6,000 miles of sewers to, to take away and treat waste, which protects the drinking water. The World Health Organization acknowledges the importance of clean water and sanitation in combating infectious diseases. Number two, electricity. In the late 19th century and through the early 20th century, New York built a power grid and wired the city so power was available in every home. Electricity allowed for refrigeration. Refrigeration is an unsung hero as a public health benefit. When food is refrigerated from from farm to table, the public is protected from potential infectious diseases. Cheap, renewable energy is important for many reasons, including combating infectious diseases. Number three, uh, how do you pronounce this? Pharma, help me out, right? Pharma, pharmaceutical, yeah. Is the pharma is that pharmaceutical? It's a big yeah, long the word. Font, the font uh, is kind of weird. Yeah, the font. Is <laughs> well, Joe has said it before. We're not a bunch of geniuses. We uh, we run a good <laughs> business, but uh, we you know, when a word becomes thirteen, fourteen letters long, and sometimes I get, I get lost in it. Uh, <laughs> Me too. Pharmaceutical. Yeah. <laughs> in the late nineteenth century through the early twentieth century, the, uh, New York became the home of the Rockefeller Institute for Medical Research, now the Rockefeller University. The Institute is where the modern pharmaceutical industry was born. The Institute pioneered many of the approaches 
the pharmaceutical industry uses today, including the preparation of vaccine serums for better or worse. The vaccine used by Fort Riley on soldiers was made in horses. U.S. mortality rates data from the turn of the 20th century to 1965 clearly indicates that clean water, flushing toilets, effective sewer systems, and refrigerated foods all combine to effectively reduce mortality from infectious diseases before vaccine for those diseases when they became available. We're going to uh, we're going to cover more on this. We're going to finish this story on the other side of the break. Everybody, stay tuned. This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report, a daily broadcast from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, a national volunteer organization founded by Phyllis Schlafly and continuing to uphold her legacy by opposing radical feminism and representing a traditional conservative perspective in our nation's capital. Now the president of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, Ed Martin. Liberals love to have it both ways when it comes to criticizing Republicans. One of their favorite go-to attacks on President Donald Trump is his longtime career hosting the hit TV reality show, The Apprentice. Liberals say that he is running our country like a reality show and that America only elected him because of his entertainment career. Of course, you and I know that he's doing so much more than putting on a show. Every day, he is winning big for America across all areas of government. Nonetheless, the assault on Trump's entertainment background persists to today. At the same time, the leftists gushed when pop singer Taylor Swift decided to say all kinds of mean-spirited things about the 2016 Congress and President Trump. Swift called the America First direction of our nation terrifying and sickening. Swift took aim at senatorial candidate Marsha Blackburn by saying that Blackburn's record appalls and terrifies her because she stood for traditional marriage, the rule of law, and constitutionally protected religious freedom. Immediately after coming out with this statement, liberals became Taylor Swift's number one and maybe only fan. They called her a brave and strong woman for bashing Marsha Blackburn, who's a real strong American woman. When the final vote was cast last month, the people of Tennessee chose to shake off Swift's high-profile endorsement by voting for Marsha Blackburn with an overwhelming margin of 230,000 votes. This proves that Americans are not so dense as to blindly follow anyone they see on television or hear on the radio. The American people care more about what is actually being done for our nation's future. In the state of Tennessee, the people have voiced that they like the work being done by conservatives and they want more of it. Whether you care about the economy, the social issues, jobs, national security, health care, or the military, nobody doubts that conservative leaders are getting things done conservatives throughout our nation should take heart knowing they are not deplorable and they are not alone no matter what the celebrities and media would like them to believe this has been the phyllis schlafly report from phyllis schlafly eagles political correctness is no longer simply about restricting speech this tool for tyranny has led to employees being fired pastors silenced small businesses closed and truth suppressed Thankfully, the politically correct can't censor the work at phyllisschlafly.com. Join us, won't you, at phyllisschlafly.com. And thanks for listening to the Phyllis Schlafly Report. Welcome back. Second half of the Patriot Radio News Hour. 
with your stand-in hosts. This is Brian, uh, joined by Jason. I don't know if we're the dynamic duo, or there's probably more appropriate names for us that aren't so uh, grandiose, but we're covering a story by uh, Luke, Lou Rockwell, did a military experimental vaccine in 1918, killed 50 to 100 million people blamed as the Spanish flu, and I'm going to jump right back into it. If I didn't lose my place here, we were in the pharmaceutical section. Uh, have doctors and the pharmaceutical manufacturers taken credit for reducing mortality from infectious diseases, which right, rightfully belong to sand hogs, plumbers, electricians, and engineers? And that's back to what Jason was describing about sanitation and uh, sewers and refrigeration and, you know, the, the, the blue-collar folks that I consider myself part of that maybe didn't get credit for the, the, the public works that uh, were a large contributor this. Um, if hubris at the Rockefeller Institute in 1918 led to a pandemic disease which killed millions of people, what lessons can we learn and apply to 2018? Next Brian, Brian, and Brian, I, uh, yep. for anybody that does, it's not aware, uh, the average life expectancy before water sanitation and after water, water sanitation goes up by like 25 years. I, I think the average life expectancy before before uh, a country gets uh, water sanitation, goes from like fifty to seventy. Or I, wow. I don't have the number in front of me. But it's like people are living in their forties and fifties and dying now, living to their seventies and eighties after water sanitation, and and uh, that's very, very, uh, very, very, very important point to, to point out that these guys were doing this in New York, and people were living longer lives, and then this Spanish flu, quote unquote, comes in and does all this damage. Well, it wasn't, it wasn't what they said it was. Yep. The disease was not Spanish. While watching an episode of American Experience on PBS a few months ago, I must be Lou Rockwell, was surprised to hear that the first cases of Spanish flu occurred at Fort Riley, Kansas in 1918. I thought, how is it possible this historically important event could be so badly misnamed 100 years ago and never corrected? Why Spanish? Spain was one of a few countries not involved in World War I. Most of the countries involved in the war censored their press kind of rings true today, I would say. Well, <laughs> quite the contrary. The press the press with their fakery could stand some censorship, but that's not a, that's not a good idea. Forget I said that. Uh, free, from, free from censorship concerns, the earliest press reports of people dying from disease in large numbers came from Spain. The warring countries did not want to additionally frighten the troops, so they were content to scapegoat Spain. Soldiers on all sides would be asked to cross no man's land into machine gun fire, which was frightening enough without knowing that the trenches were a disease breeding ground. 100 years later, it's long past time to drop Spanish from all discussion of this pandemic. If the flu started at a United States military base in Kansas, then the disease could and should be more aptly named. In order to prevent future disasters, the U.S. and rest of the world must take a hard look at what really caused the pandemic. It is possible that one of the reasons the Spanish flu has never been corrected is that it helps disguise the origin of the pandemic. If the origin of the pandemic involved a vaccine experiment on U.S. soldiers, then the U.S. may prefer calling it Spanish flu instead of the Fort Riley bacteria of 1918 or something like that. The Spanish flu started at the location this experimental, experimental bacterial vaccine was given, making it the prime suspect as the source of the bacterial infections which killed so many. It would be much more difficult to maintain the marketing mantra of vaccines save lives if a vaccine experiment originating in the United States during the years of primitive manufacturing caused the deaths of 50 to 100 million people. 
quote, vaccines save lives, except we may have killed 50 to 100 million people in 1918 and 19, is a far less effective sales slogan than the overly simplistic vaccines save lives. Exactly. So, so uh, yeah, not, it's not even Spanish. First of all, it's not the flu. Second of all, it's not even Spanish. They weren't even involved in the war. I mean, <laughs> it's, 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 you know, and I don't know how easy it was to spread misinformation in 1918. It seems like it's far easier today. We, with, with more communication, it seems like there's more deception. But uh, that's, that's how it got pushed. Indeed. Uh, continuing on, the disease which killed so many was not flu or a virus. It was bacterial. During the mid-2000s, there was, a, there was much talk about pandemic preparedness. And I remember some of that when I worked at a Big Blue International uh, technology company. They were preparedness. They were getting all sorts of contracts to prepare uh, <laughs> to prepare preparedness plans for both government and uh, corporate institutions. That's not an article. That was my injection. Sorry. Influenza vaccine manufacturers in the United States receive billions of taxpayer dollars to develop vaccines to make sure that we don't have another lethal pandemic. Flu, quote flu, like the one in 1918-19. Capitalizing on the flu, part of Spanish flu, helped vaccine manufacturers procure billion-dollar checks from governments, even though scientists knew at the time that bacterial pneumonia was the real killer. Um, This is back to Lou Rockwell. It's not my opinion that bacterial pneumonia was the real killer. Thousands of autopsies confirm this fact. According to a 2008 National Institute of Health paper, bacterial pneumonia was the killer in a minimum of 92.7% of the 1918 to 19 autopsies revealed. It's likely higher than 92.7%. The researchers looked at more than 9,000 autopsies and there were no negative bacterial lung culture results. And uh, there's a, a couple quoted paragraphs here. In the 68 higher quality autopsy series in which the possibility of unreported negative cultures could be excluded, 92.7% of autopsy lung cultures were positive for greater than equal to one bacterium. In one study of approximately 9,000 subjects who were followed from clinical presentation with influenza to resolution or autopsy, researchers obtained with sterile technique cultures of either uh, pneumococci or streptococci from 164 of 167 lung tissue samples, almost all of them. There were 89 pure cultures of pneumococci, 19 cultures from which only streptococci were recovered, 34 that yielded mixtures of pneumococci and streptococci, 22 that yielded a mixture of pneumococci, streptococci, and other organisms, uh, prominently pneumococci, non-hematolytic streptococci, and three that yielded non-hematolytic streptococci alone. There were no negative lung culture results. Pneumococci, streptococci were found in 164 of the 167 lung tissue samples autopsied. That is 98.2%. Bacteria was the killer. That's the, end of, that's the end of the article. That, that, is, that is why I wanted Brian to read the back half of it. <laughs> he, was a little, he was a little better uh, pronounced in the words, but... Uh, I think I, even got, I think I was off a little uh, bit. My, uh, my organic chemistry uh, college classes is I'm a little rusty. Absolutely. Well, we're coming into the break. Uh, we're we're going to talk. Uh, have a little more uh, comment on this when we get to the other side. Uh, but please do remember, we do sell gold. 
Uh, we're going to talk more about the uh, the 1918 flu epidemic on the other side, but call the number 1-800-951-0592. We have $10 liberties for $680 and $20 liberties for $1325. We'll be right back. Ever wonder how some air conditioning companies can offer deals that sound too good to be true? Mike Alia here again from Benefit Air to debunk those ultra-sweet-sounding deals. Did you know that companies offering tune-ups or service calls for less money than the cost of a large pizza are likely to be paying their technicians on a commission-only basis, which means the technician might be tempted to sell you things that you don't need? You don't need the shuck-and-jive sales tactics of companies offering what you know is too good to be true. You need a fair, honest company that you can trust. At Benefit, our certified techs are paid on an hourly basis, so you can be sure they won't try to sell you something you don't need. Our flat rate pricing is fair, honest, and upfront, and all our repairs are backed up with a full two-year parts and labor warranty. And when you do need a new system, because we are a train comfort specialist dealer, we can offer you the very best deal on a new high-efficiency train system, because everybody knows it's hard to stop a train. Call Benefit today for your tune-up, repair, or system replacement needs at 602-840-9229 or find us on the web at BenefitAir.com. Experience the Benefit. Join Jeanette Mata with It's Your Divine Destiny, heard Thursdays at 4.15 p.m., where Jeanette shares words of wisdom, encouragement, resources, and prayer. Brought to you by BeautyForAshesBoutique.com. Beauty for Ashes Boutique represents the outpouring of blessing that God bestows. A place where shopping supports ministry, jewelry, clothing, anointed accessories, worship flags, even books. That's beautyforashesboutique.com. Beautyforashesboutique.com. You wouldn't dive into a pool without knowing how deep it is. So why would you dig without knowing what's below? Underground utilities are buried all over Arizona. Accidentally strike one and you could be injured or wipe out services like water, power, and internet. Call 811 or click Arizona811.com to have utilities marked first. It's free, easy, and it's the law. Remember, call 811 or click Arizona811.com. Sponsored by Arizona 811 in partnership with the Arizona Broadcasters Association and this station.
There's a picture of Bob Dole standing up, uh, mustering a salute. He's got a gentleman behind him uh, saluting uh, the casket, and the, the, the description is, the caption is, a 95-year-old decorated war veteran used every ounce of his energy to rise from his wheelchair and salute the flag-covered coffin of his friend. Tell me again why you're taking a knee during the National Anthem, uh, NFL Spoiled Rotten Breaths. I added that last part. <laughs> I thought that was fitting. Yeah, boy. Well, uh, with uh, Pearl Harbor Day, uh, we'll stick to one conspiracy today and there you go. Uh, tread water another day. But uh, as far as the, uh, the the influenza spread of 1918, 1919, uh, there was, I can't remember which year, it was, I think it was 1919, I think 118,000 people died in Philadelphia alone. Wow. And, and uh, when you look at the government and and it's a necessary evil you know you when you have one person on an island you have a completely free person of of any other kind of influence once you have two people on an island you have government it's just that simple um so we have to have government i i'm not a hater of government but a, a population especially with the declaration of independence the constitution we need to keep government in line they are supposed to work for us we don't work for them and that has gone completely been it's been flipped and here we are and and this is this is a story that talks about the government covering up what really happened and we have a, a financial show and we sell gold and silver and if you don't if, if if you believe a little bit of these things that we bring on the air if you believe them to be true or if you think they, they possibly can be true but what do you think they're thinking about the financial system and, and and what they consider their money, we, they don't consider it our money. They consider it their money. I mean, you look at the uh, you look at our paper money. It says it's a Federal Reserve note. It doesn't say it's a Brian and Jason note. It's, they believe it's their money and that we're here just using their money, and they will absolutely use their influence to decide who gets what and when. And we're telling you right now, this is why we sell gold and silver. This is the way that you can protect yourselves from. All of the the corrupt ways that they take from you your hard earned money. Yes, indeed. I, oh, I was going <laughs> to. Uh, do you agree, Brian? I guess I, I, thought, I, I thought you were there. I certainly do. I mean, there's there's many forms of uh, preparedness, uh, self preparedness, and uh, preventative measures, and it sure sure seems sure seems obvious to me that with with the uh, debt-based system and the unsure, you know, what's what the Dow do today? The Dow's down 316 today. Who knows where it's going to end up? It's at uh, 24,630. Um, talk about a gamble. I remember my mom uh, advising me when I was asking what her thoughts were about the 401k, and that's much, much, or many years before being educated about its uh, its history and, and having a few experiences myself about uh, trying to take what I thought was my money out of my 401k. Um, just sure seems like a much more uh, safe, uh, safe storehouse for your hard-earned wealth than trusting uh, the markets to do you right or that you can get access to it when you when you want to. I, I can't think of any better way. I know land is is a, is a nice other alternative. It's kind of hard to pick up your pick up your land and when you gotta when you gotta move um, if, if situation requires it. So yeah, exactly, and and. Uh... You know, the 401k plan was not developed to be a savings plan for workers. It was meant to be an extra 
for, for mainly white-collar workers, you know, business people and people that were making larger sums of money, it was really developed, and at least that's what it was purported to be developed for, was for that little extra, hey, you, you know you're going to retire from IBM, and you're going to work there 30 years. Hey, you're young enough, why don't you start putting your money into this 401k? We'll handle, you don't have to take your time and effort to look at the stock market. We'll plug you into some really good stock options, and you'll grow that over the course of years. It really wasn't meant for the, uh, the the guy who's working construction. Although what happened was, is, is through labor unions and whatever else, or other options that companies were using, they just kind of put that in as part of the benefits package. And then every 10 years or so, when the market crashes, you lose that money or half that money that, that was in there. Well, Jason, why, I, I can't help but draw a parallel between uh, the pharmaceutical industry and uh, the, the 401k and the, the case that you described. It was designed for, for a, a, a special, a certain portion of the workforce, just like many, uh, not just vaccines, but pharmaceutical products are designed and do provide benefits, but oftentimes for a very small slice, a very small sliver of, of the population. And uh, I understand the dilemma of pharmaceutical companies at how to be profitable when when, uh, when you're not able to, to get your product out there and, and, and get it used and the, you know, the millions, billions of dollars used in advertising with pharmaceuticals and, and the vaccines, but I can't help but draw a parallel between, between those two. Yeah, you know, so well, it's, it's over that's, over you taking something that's got a very specific use and trying to get as much use across the board and 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 uh, uh, never mind the casualties. Yeah, and that, and that's a good observation. That's that's uh, precisely how I see it. I mean, uh, their interests are their interests; they're not our interests. And uh, we we uh, I, I listened to Joe for many years, and so did Brian. We when we joined up and and. The information that we've absorbed from other channels, even besides uh, Patriot Trading News Hour, and yeah, you, if you get enough information together, you start to see the whole picture. You don't want to be uh, stuck with all your eggs in one basket, as Joe likes to point out. So uh, we are going to go into our final break. The number to call is one eight hundred nine five one zero five nine two. We will be right back. Final segment on the Friday edition of the Patriot Radio News Hour. Sorry, Joe's not here. The boss, the cat, is away. You're left with uh, the the duo of Brian and Jason from the the Colorado Outpost. Thanks for joining us today. Hope everyone's having a had a good week, having a good morning. Almost there. Weekend's almost here. Uh, just a quick quick touch on the markets. Looks like crude oil's up at the moment. You know, approaching noon on the East Coast. The Dow's still down. It's at uh, twenty four thousand. 571, it's down 1.5%. Uh, looks like NASDAQ and S&P are also down about the same, 1.5% each. Uh, get your transfer, convert your hard-earned assets into gold and silver. That's what we do. That's what Patriot's been doing long before Jason and I came along. Uh, what, second decade now, uh, 23 years. Toll-free number, 1-800-951-0592. And uh, the website, allamericangold.com. Dot com. There's a there's a clever uh, graphic at the top of the top of the website that shows the current American employment cycle I'm looking at, which unfortunately is is so true. Uh, but what else we got going on today, Jason? Just cover the deals again. Well, yeah, we'll do that again. I, I'm going to implore some people to buy some gold today. Uh, we, we're here every day, and obviously people can't sink their money every day into an ounce of gold. Uh, some people have those means. A lot of people don't. But I'm going to implore people to put in some orders in today before. 
before we uh, shut down for the weekend because we got the markets down 381 points right now. It was down 75 yesterday, but it was down 780 at one point yesterday. And and the stories that they, they put on uh, some of these financials is that, oh, look how great. They, they really came back from that huge downturn. That was the good news. It was good news because they came back from it. Well, if you look at uh, Tuesday, the markets were closed Wednesday, 800 points down. The 380 that is down now and the 75 points yesterday, we're down 1,250 points just since Wednesday. We don't know what the market's going to do. We, uh, Joe and myself and Brian, we won't tell you that we know. We don't know. We, know, we think we know long-term where it's going. But, this, you know, who knows when the, when the, the second shoe drops. And 1,280 points going into the weekend, it's been down this, this from, from Tuesday to now. You know, if gold's going to take a big you know, rise up on Sunday, you know, in the Chinese market, you know, these prices at uh, thirteen twenty-five for a twenty-dollar piece and six eighty for a ten-dollar gold piece, it's not going to be the same price on Monday if this continues to go in this direction. We don't know when the market crash is going to happen, but we do know it, it's, there's going to be one. And uh, take advantage. One eight hundred nine five one zero five nine two. What do you say, Brian? Well, I'm reminded of uh, something Gerald Salente, who who started the Trends Research uh, Institute, I think it's called. Uh, he said something on her. To, I heard in the middle of October, um, "quote We're on the precipice of an economic 9/11. The bottom of gold," he said, "was about, or his group said, was about $1,200. The ultimate safe haven asset. Hard to predict the the rigged equity markets, rigged by the same banksters, the Federal Reserve. So I just I made note of that back in October and. You know, we 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 saw gold hit hit 1,200, and it's still kind of hovering around it. It's above it now. Um, I just I just based on the, the their research, I, I give that uh, th- that prediction from the trends. I mean, the Gerald Salente's group uh, uh, significant w- uh, weight. It, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So uh, this is going to be the end of the show today. Remember the number to call. Get your call in before this this Friday ends. One eight hundred. Nine five one zero five nine two. Joe will be back on Monday to do his show uh, next week. Our show at three o'clock Colorado time. I guess it's Arizona time too. And nine a.m. Joe's show. Catch both shows all through next week. We have a lot of excitement and things going on. So be ready to uh, to be listening to both shows next week. Have a good. Thanks weekend. for listening, folks, and thanks for putting up with us. Have a good weekend.